Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered, Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa Curry-Lowitz, and I'm here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud podcast. What's up, you guys? Today it is Wednesday, November the 11th, and I'm so happy that you are joining me here today. What a fabulous gift to me. Thank you so much for allowing me to hold space, and I really hope that you learn and grow and maybe even lift your vibration a little bit higher in today's episode and with all of the episodes, to be honest, as we move into, you know, the the cooler winter months, it's darker up in Canada and it's colder and with COVID and isolation, it's really important to stay connected and hear messages of positivity and question and get intrigued and interested and today this this episode is all about that we could we could all use a little pick me up with our vibration and this episode like I said is a great place to start today I am gonna keep my intro super short and sweet I have a brilliant episode with an incredible guest his name is Sean McCormack and he might be one of the most interesting uh people that I've ever interviewed. And that's kind of a big call. That's a that's a huge call. He's very interesting. He's all about optimal performance and biohacking and all of these really interest he has a lot he has gone through a lot of shit in his life and he's very interesting. He's also the host of the Optimal Performance podcast. So if you've never heard of that before or listened to an episode, go check it out. I will link his show in the show notes. Sean is also a father and a husband. He's an entrepreneur and a certified life coach and a certified performance coach with thousands of hours of transformative one-on-one coaching with clients like CEOs and network television stars, professional athletes, and big organizations. He has been a consistent mediator since age 12. Leadership runs in his DNA and he loves helping his clients become the best versions of themselves. Ugh, that's obviously why we've connected and why I'm so interested in having him on the show today. So now, We get into some very interesting life hacks today. Like I said, biohacking, some diet culture stuff, some controversial beliefs here. So you're gonna wanna listen to this entire episode. But before you do, I'd love for you to hit that pause button right now and jump over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and leave a written review of the show. I know every single podcast host asks you to do this and it's kind of annoying. (laughs) But if you are a loyal listener, which I know you are, I would be so, so grateful to you for sharing the love and keeping others, helping others rather, find the show. So thank you. And to everyone who has subscribed, I see you. I know who you are. And I am sending you a giant virtual hug. Thank you for being a part of my community. Okay, then enough of the business. Let's get this party started. Here is my guest today, Sean McCormick. All right, Sean, how are you today? Welcome to the show. I'm good. I'm really good. I'm, I've enjoyed our, our witty banter before turning the <laughs> microphones on to 
really great. It's really good to be here. It's always kind of the fun. I, I, I always enjoy, you know, the witty, the pre-podcast witty banter. Yeah, yeah, me too. Awesome, awesome. So you're coming at us live from the greater Seattle area. Yeah, I'm in uh, I'm in the, the beautiful Pacific Northwest, uh, west of uh, downtown Seattle, sandwiched between gigantic cedar trees and rocky Pacific Northwest beaches. Mm. And uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a Pacific Northwest kind of guy. Mm, I love that. It's such a healing place to be. There's such good vibes out there. You must love it. Yeah, a lot of gray, a lot of green, a lot of blue. <laughs> I yeah. get, is Seattle kind of or is your area like the rainy area? The boggy? Yes, it okay. is. It absolutely is. And, and it's it's held off so far this fall. It hasn't been too bad. But yes, we're definitely we're definitely among the rainiest sort of zip codes in the country. Yeah. <laughs> it's kinda like the you Vancouver. Take, you take the good with the bad. Like you can't have all this lush greenery mm-hmm. without without all that rain. So if uh learned to live with it. And I never lasts in the desert. I'd shrivel up like a raisin. I feel you. I feel you there. And I really love the West Coast mountains and the West Coast vibes. It's kind of like my dream place to live. But I am, I do love Ottawa and I have my roots here. But I can know a girl can always dream, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So I am super intrigued by every single thing that you do. I think a lot, we have a lot of stuff in common in terms of life coaching and of our uh, performance-based mindsets. I would just love for you to... Give us a little bit of your background. Like, what is your story? Where did this all begin for you? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it really began kind of right before I turned 30. And uh, I was working in, a, in an industry. I was, I was selling radio advertising for a local radio station. And it was like suit and tie, you know, outside sales. And I, I, wasn't, I wasn't comfortable. I didn't, I didn't feel connected to my job. I didn't enjoy mm-hmm. the, the day-to-day. And... So I was having conversations with my my high school sweetheart wife, who we've been together for a super long time, well, since we were 15. And uh, I said to her, like, is this what our life is going to be like? Is this is this it? Because mm-hmm. I don't like it. And she's like, I don't like it either. And I said, well, let's do something else. And she's like, okay, what? And so I threw out this idea of opening a flotation therapy center. Uh, I don't know if your your listeners have ever heard of floating or sensory deprivation. I know that there's some in Toronto uh, near you. I don't know if there's any in Ottawa. Yep. I, I would imagine that there is. Yep, yep, totally. But I let's go down that stream. Do you want to do that now? Like talk about what it is because it's absolutely insane, is it not? Yeah. So so flotation therapy is called a bunch of different things isolation tanks flotation therapy tanks um sensory deprivation tanks and it's a thousand pounds of uh, some salt water on your pain relief stress relief and meditation helps you sleep uh takes pressure off of your back um it's really great for pregnant women my, my wife floated for both of our both of our preg- our pregnancies well she was she was the one who was pregnant <laughs> um and it, it feels incredible. It really, it, there's, there's nothing like it. And I had been thinking about starting a business in this sort of, sort of business for like a year before we had this conversation together. And when she said, when I said, Hey, what, let's open a float center. She goes, what? <laughs> and I said, you know, one of those float tank things I did that. I actually had floated at a guy's house that he had a float tank in his basement oh my God, a amazing. year before. And she's mm-hmm. like, you mean that 
weird thing that you did at that one dude's house like a year ago? I said, yeah. And she's like, okay. <laughs> and she never says, okay. She's, she's, she's very skeptical of my shenanigans. And so when I suggested it to her, she was in. And that really changed the trajectory of my life. I mean, that, that okay, comment from, from her really did send my life in a, in, in a completely different direction from the nine to five to entrepreneurship. I never took a business course. I don't have a degree in business. I ne- like not a single business course mm-hmm. and uh, just like bootstrapped and worked my ass off and figured out how to open and operate this float center, grew that to another float center and then began to get into biohacking, um, personal development, um, optimal performance. I've been an athlete since I was a kid. I played, you know, semi-pro soccer after college. And, um, and then after that, uh, I thought, well, how else can I work closely with people to help them get the best, the the, the most out of the least? Mm-hmm. You know, I love the essence of, of being able to help people heal through, like literally physically heal through the float, for, through a flotation therapy practice, but I wanted to help even further. And because I'm a nosy, busybody, kind of social butterfly, <laughs> you know, go-getter optimist guy, like it worked really well for me. I uh, got my life coaching certification and then, and then start and then took over the optimal performance podcast. Uh, and, and he, and then I recently sold those float businesses. I wanted to devote all of my attention to life coaching, performance coaching mm-hmm. and, and podcasting. And so now I've worked with major league soccer. I've worked with Lululemon. I've worked with cannabis companies and venture capital and, you know, um, men and women from all different walks of life. And, um, and so that's what I do now. You know, I work, I work from home running this, doing this cool podcast and, and, and coaching people remotely. And it's like the coolest, it's just perfect for me. And who knows how long we'll do it. Maybe in 10 years, I'm going to decide to join the circus. But for now, like this is, this is the thing and I love it. Amazing. I'm going to link the optimal performance podcast to the show notes here for sure, because it's a great listen. I started listening to I've started listening to many of them. <laughs> my, 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 my problem is when I finish my run or I finish my drive, I don't finish the podcast episode. That's my problem. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> that's good. That goes for a lot of podcasts that I listen to anyways. Um, amazing. Okay. So I was kind of stuck on one point when I have a personal question, when you said that that little, okay, change the trajectory, change the trajectory of your life. What did it change in you personally? What did that that affirmation allow you to do? It, it really kind of gave me permission to to take control of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, this was my I mean this is the, the the single most important person in my life my my partner my best friend my wife my lover my um, you know soon to be business partner when when I when I got that okay, like I trust you go for it. Mm-hmm. It, it really did. It, like immediately I just saw five, 10 years into the future and I could see myself as a business owner. I could see myself yeah. as someone who was creating their own destiny, who was actually doing something that I was interested in. And in a moment, I really just saw myself in a totally different way. And, mm-hmm. and during that time I was actually I believe very strongly that we have to be receptive to these little signals from the universe that we have to, Mm -hmm. our our antenna need to be calibrated for these opportunities. And during that time I was meditating a lot 
Um, I was I was doing some spiritual practices that were that I think certainly opened up my perception. Yeah. And so what when I heard that okay, it was just in just enough of a spark to to really empower me to take my life into my own hands and experiment and be willing to fail and, mm-hmm. and, and iterate and change. And it was just at the right time, you know, at, at 29, mm-hmm. uh, I guess at that time I was 28. I was, I, I wasn't happy with what I was doing. I wasn't really happy with, with my profession and I didn't, I didn't like living my life with two vacation weeks a year. Not, mm-hmm. not that there's anything against that for people who work nine to fives, but, uh, I, I was immediately projecting myself and seeing myself in a brand new way. And then it was just a matter of actually crafting my life yeah. with tons and tons and tons of attention to actually live that out, to actually manifest that. I love permission. I love when we give ourselves permission, however that occurs. I, it's really great. I, I, I really like that lesson a lot because, you know, permission leads to so much imagination and creativity and you're all of a sudden like the things that are holding you back, they don't seem as important anymore because you're already moved on in the now. It's, I love that a lot. That almost gave me goosebumps there. I love, I love that moment. The, and the, when people experience that moment, that's the most fascinating moment. I love asking questions of how, why, what happened, what did you feel? So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, no, my, my pleasure. So, okay, I, you mentioned the word biohacking. Do you practice, like what, this is oh a, <laughs> do you listen to the Ben Greenfield podcast? Yes. Oh my yes. gosh, that guy is insane. I listen to him too, um, and... I'm in the space right now of breaking free from diet culture, breaking free from the patriarchal definition of woman and what I'm supposed to be. And it's been the most liberating year of my life. Like COVID has really allowed me to like internally give myself permission, like deep, deep down to expose all of those demons that are keeping me in a box. And I find some of that biohacking stuff so interesting but it's yeah. really like, is it real? Like, what is that? Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. So that when people hear the term, about, and first of all, let me just like acknowledge you for this, this year and this change that you're mm-hmm. going through. That's that what, what you're doing. And the way that you said that is like, like acknowledging your demons, you know, doing the mm-hmm. shadow work, understanding like, how am I, how am I, how am I, thinking of myself how am I limiting myself how am I allowing myself to be limited Mm -hmm. like that is all of us should be doing that Mm -hmm. we all have to be facing that right now Mm -hmm. because as we move forward through this global shit show we're going to come out on the other end a certain way we're 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 either Mm -hmm. going to be bold and 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 optimistic and having done work on our shit Mm -hmm. or we will be scared and in our shells like a turtle mm-hmm. and, um, and pale and fat and bored and <laughs> lonely. And I, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't want people to be that way. I don't want to be that way myself. <laughs> I don't want my clients to be that way. The listeners to my podcast, I want people to be empowered. And, mm-hmm. and this is a great time to do that shadow work to really, to really acknowledge what are, what are the stories that we're telling ourselves mm-hmm. that like, like you're not good enough or, Oh, that'll never work. Or, 
just wait, just wait because it's dangerous out there. So I just wanted to take a second to oh, just acknowledge you. that in you. Amazing. Thanks. I appreciate yeah. that. Uh, the biohacking stuff is real and, and, and the definition of biohacking kind of changes. Um, a lot of people think that, that it's like transhumanism, you know, like inject things into your skin to make you part robot. And that, that, that's not really what it is. What the, the, the classic definition of biohacking is, it was, was coined by Dave Asprey, which is to, um, manage your internal and external environment for health optimization and longevity. Okay. So that means what's going inside my body? Like how's my gut flora? Um, where do I have inflammation or joint pain? Um, Mm -hmm. how are my stress levels? How's my, how's my mentality? So that's all, that stuff's all internal. Externally it's how is, how's the air quality in my home? Um, how is the Wi-Fi and EMF that I'm exposing my to myself to all day, every day? Mm-hmm. How is that affecting my stress levels and sleep? Um, again, externally, the, the, the way that I like to think about this is what, what goes in you, what goes on you and what goes around you. Mm-hmm. And when you can kind of identify those things, then you can make subtle changes to, to improve your mind, body, spirit through lots of different techniques. Like I'm looking right here around my desk for, I don't know if people are going to see this. This is a, this is called happy. This is a yeah, is wearable emotional, uh, you, this is a, this is a wearable device that actually influences your state of being. So, what? My yes. mind is blown. It kind of looks like uh what is it like a thing for your head? It looks like a halo. Oh my God. Oh, it's a necklace. Oh, interesting. So this, this, this device, I just, I just released an episode, uh, or, or will release an episode depending on when people hear it. Uh, so you can actually use this, this necklace and choose one of six emotions, uh, that to, to be, and it works. It is bananas how it works. Is it like vibrational? Basically it emits a, a very, very teeny, teeny, tiny signal. It's copper wire in here, which we know is conductive, and it, and it emits a, a molecular like signal out of it, right? So it creates this field around your head and neck where you wear this that actually speaks to your brain and says, hey, we're going to be happy now. Hey, we're going to be alert now. Hey, we're going to be sleepy now. Mm. I've tried this. Uh, I do it a little bit every day just because I've been exploring it. I've had it for about a week, and okay. it is it is it is phenomenal. It is an it is a truly groundbreaking technology. So this is an example of a biohack. I have this other thing. Uh, so this is just a it's like a you know black rubber necklace that you that you wear. I've got this other thing in an episode about air quality, and this is a plasma generator. So this plasma generator sends out 19 million negative ions and five million positive ions, and you just point it at your face and breathe with it, and it's it's super oxygen. Uh, Mm-hmm. I use it in the sauna. I actually had my grandmother, who's 89, use it because she's got some upper respiratory issues. And she uses it in the morning, and she's like, she said that it, it has totally changed her day because she's getting really good at quality air in the morning. Uh, another example, I mean, I just hear bag of tricks. Yeah. Uh, this is Defender Shield, which is low EMF products. So EMF blocking from your computer. Yeah. Those there's headphones in there that don't emit an EMF. This is this is an EMF blocking device that goes in your computer to shield you from the harmful um, EMF that, signals. Is that made from like shungite or something? Glasses. 
What's that? Is that made from like shungite or something? Like, yeah, I have shungite too. Um, it's there's no shungite in this. This is um, what is this one called? This is the uh, Aries tech, and Aries tech oh, okay. uses a hologram. You can okay. see the hologram yeah, in there. I can. That basically dissipates EMF frequencies, and so the the materials used and the patterns on this, um, these are again, these are the like until you hear about this stuff for the first time, you're like, mm-hmm. wait, 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 wait a minute. You're telling me that like a little credit card sized thing is going to protect my brain from <laughs> electromagnetic frequencies? The answer is yes. <laughs> this 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 pendant is called biogeometry. I'll put it up to the yeah yeah. Interesting. It just looks like a, this isn't on video, unfortunately, but that looks like a, it's nice. It's a, like a silver coin, basically. It's like a silver coin. And what that does is there are designs on there that, 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 uh, correspond to different organs in your body to clear out your, um, to, to optimize your energy within your organs, within your soft tissues in your body. I've got some other stuff in here in my, you know, biohacking lab, but basically that's what biohacking is, you know, is what sort of things can you use to, to be your best, to perform at your best level. But how do you quantify any of the biohacks? That's the thing. Like I, for me, one of the, the biggest biohacks that I naturally, that naturally happened in my own life was when I met and started to cohabitate with my current boyfriend. Um, because the house, the house that I'm in right now actually has high mold there's black mold in some that I wash and clean. There is mold in this house. It's like a 125 year old house. So the air quality is not great. And I always had these like low level, um, um, nausea and low level headaches for, for years. And I realized, Oh, I wonder. And, And then when I was spending weeks, months at Michael's house at a time and rarely coming here, those symptoms started to go away. It's really interesting how our environment really plays a role when we don't see we don't see what's actually happening. We we actually don't see it. So that was one particular thing that really got my attention was like air quality for sure. I mean a lot of people can relate to smoke or smoking and how that affects you, but there are a lot of mystery things that we're breathing in and it's it's interesting to watch and see studies of people who live in um like small uh, Tibetan um, towns in the mountains where they're not exposed to pollution like we are and how they grow up and their food quality is different and they don't have EMF and they don't have all this new age stuff and how their longevity is so much more, uh, it's it's very different. (laughs) It's very different. And like their aging process is different and their disease rates are different and And there has to, like, I believe that there has to be some correlations there. However, I find it so interesting how, like, I I, I really get stuck when it comes to products trying to sell you something. Like, this is going to, this is going to fix you. Because for me, I really feel, I really believe in the power of self-healing and the power of self-awareness and figuring out what you need for yourself. You don't need to spend money on these gimmicks necessarily that's that's my yeah. take on biohacking it's like i am yeah i want to see the studies i want to see the papers i want to see the double blind placebo controlled randomized stuff now <laughs> all of these have those yeah all, like yeah all, all of the devices that that i do podcasts with the founders of you know emf blocking underwear 
where this is another example. <laughs> like, yeah. you do not want Wi-Fi pointed at your your business. You just don't because it's bad for fertility, because it's bad for stress, it's bad for sleep. But they do a test, so they they wrap. You know, in this case, this this company called Lambs wrapped an egg in underwear and put it in the microwave and turned the microwave on. And the egg was protected; it did not explode. And they put it in there for a, for a minute. The egg got the egg got hot, but it didn't it didn't get so hot that it exploded. You put an egg in a microwave, and yeah, it, it explodes, explodes very in like quickly. Ten seconds. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of a fun experiment yeah. if you're okay so, with cleaning microwaves. <laughs> yeah. It, there, all of this stuff has great research behind it, mm-hmm. and, and and I think it is important to be skeptical. Now, if you want to take it to the next level, you can wear trackable devices like the Aura Ring or a Whoop strap or like Amazon makes a thing to actually see what it's doing to your heart rate variability. Um, I myself don't really love the trackables, so mm-hmm. I do blood tests like quarterly. So I'll say mm-hmm. uh, I'll see where my hormones are at. Hormones are a really big deal, especially for women. We need to we need to understand where our estrogen and testosterone levels are, um, and there's companies that can do that. You can you can send away a blood test to a third party laboratory to understand like where my I want a full hormone panel. I want to understand where my where my biology is at. Yes. So that's how you quantify if this stuff is working. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I think you should be skeptical because there are a lot of companies out there that say that that they that their devices or that their products do certain things and they don't and they don't there's a right. lot of there's a lot of hucksters out there but but for the most part the products that I you know that I dig as I look around my room <clears throat> I've got a couple of other more risque um, items around here that are they're kind of unusual but they're these these things that that are available to us are super cutting edge and always backed by science and I don't even touch them if not like if I can't read the white paper and see the results of the studies, yep. then I don't even have the people on the podcast. Fair enough. Okay, so let's get into what optimal performance really is. Because um, it, do you define it in a certain way? What uh, What is optimal performance to you? What does that mean? <laughs> it's different for everybody. Yes. It's different for everybody. Okay. It's, and it's not only... It's not even, not only individualized, but it's also specific to where you are in your life right now, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Optimal performance at, you know, 20 weeks pregnant is different than optimal performance for a 65-year-old male, right? Sure. So the way that we can quantify, the way that I define optimal performance is based on where you're at in your life, where you're at in your health, where you're at in your environment, are you doing all of the things that you can control for to be your best? Now, sometimes that looks like, you know, um, air filters in your rooms. Yeah. Sometimes that's, you know, butter coffee in the morning to get good fats and, you know, eating ketogenically. Sometimes that just means blue blocking glasses at night so that you can protect your sleep. But what I need, like, let's just say for, for example, so this week, uh, uh, I have a ton of coaching calls. So what I need to be this week is I need to be very, I have, I have to have really high energy. I have to be rested and I have to be able to be like really present for my clients. So meditation is going to be really key for me, for, mm-hmm. for me this week. Sleep is going to be really important for me this week and making sure that I have the focus that I need to be effective for my clients. So the way that I can biohack that is through 
good nutrition, nootropics that will help me focus, and um, making sure that that the environment around me is set up for 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 focus at a high quality uh, coaching call, which is challenging for me because I have two animals, a four year old and a seven year old, like in the room behind me, <laughs> that are rare. They like <laughs> homeschooling. And it is bananas, and uh, they're literally right outside the door. As soon as I'm done, they're going to come, like, tackle me. Uh Um, Like, I need to be able to be present and clear of mind for these coaching calls this week. Like, um, when it comes to performance, it really has to be specific to you and your lifestyle and what your goals are. For some people, it's, I want to lose 15 pounds. For some people, it's, I want to be able to run a 5K. For some people, it's just, I want to be out of pain. I'm in pain all the time. I just want to be out of pain. How can I do that? And so if it, depending on where you are in your life, you do so many different really effective protocols to like really actually affect that to whatever it is that you're after. I really like that answer. I mean, the psychology behind the word optimal performance, it really twists. It can be manipulated in so many ways. And we, we develop an expectation of what we are supposed to be. And so I want that to lead, lead into my next question about what is optimal, optimal mental performance? Because you talked a lot about the physical, yeah. but I think it really relates to like the mental and the emotional health of the body as well. And those are also hard, hard, hard to quantify, but those are really influenced when we don't feel physically well. Totally right. Oh, excellent point. So this kind of gets into, you know, mentality and, mm-hmm. and, for me, the most effective way to get your mind right is gratitude. Love it. It is the it is the shortest cut. It is it is a it is the most accessible hack for you to literally trick yourself into being happy, <laughs> and it works like crazy. You know they've done research studies and shown that that people who have a gratitude practice, and I'll explain what that means in a minute. Mm-hmm. When people have a gratitude practice, they live longer. They're more healthy. They have more fulfilling relationships and it is, it is such a simple thing to do. You can't be mad and also thankful. You just, it's impossible. <laughs> you can't be, you can't be grumpy. You can't be sad. You can't be scared and also be grateful. So grateful, gratefulness, gratitude, thankfulness is a way to really calibrate your brain mm-hmm. and to begin to make a new, new neural connections in your brain that are optimized for better outcomes. So the way that I do this is as soon as I wake up in the morning, which is usually like 6.30, but one of the kids that kind of comes down and, you know, shakes. I'm just, I can't wake up before them for some reason. I just can't do it. I can't do it. The house I grew up in, my parents were always awake before I woke up. This is not how I roll. So at 6.30, kid comes and wakes me up. As soon as I wake up, I think of one thing that I'm thankful for and, and I feel it into my body. So this morning it was, uh, it was the heaters on the, on the wall panel inside my bedroom. Yeah. Like I, I woke up, I heard the wall, uh, the, the wall panel heater turn on and I thought, well, Hey, that's nice. Like the fact that my family is going to be warm in, in our bedroom. Uh, I'm, I'm really thankful for that. Great. And then I feel into my body where I feel thankful for that because there is a kinesthetic connection to all of this we have to put it somewhere we have to connect it somewhere in our body because we're physical beings with a consciousness and so we have to like connect it into our body so for me it was like man i'm really thankful for that heater i'm really glad that it just turned on right now holy cow holy cow that's amazing 
I feel really grateful for that. And then it just starts my day on this, on this level that, that, that just extends into the morning. Mm -hmm. And so of course I could go, I could spend 10 seconds on Twitter and be a sad panda. I, you know, I can get stressed out about the day I'm going to have, you know, I can be nervous about being on your podcast. I can, you know, Mm -hmm. I can get upset the fact that I haven't showered yet today. Like like there's all these different things that, that I could, that I could be sort of triggered by be upset about, but gratitude for sure is, is number, is is the number one most effective thing. So I would suggest everybody that's listening to just begin doing this. It's Mm -hmm. free. It's simple. Just think of something, something different every day. You know, the bed I'm laying in, the fact that um, I, I, you know, I have I have income that pays my bills. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm waking up without pain. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to you know having my brother's family over for Halloween this weekend on on Saturday. Like yeah. these yeah. things, I'm grateful for, and it sets the tone for the rest of the day. Yeah. You know, there are so many other things, other techniques. You know, life coachy things that you can do, like re, uh, reframing negative thoughts, um, reprogramming your subconscious mind, you know, writing out affirmations. Those are all really effective ways to really sort of change your mental state. Uh, meditation, of course, is something I'm a huge fan of. Flotation tanks are also really effective. There are ways to really decide how you want to feel, how you want to think. And you have to make that choice because if you are, if, if you are easily influenced by external circumstances, Facebook alone can ruin your day before you've even had coffee. Yeah. Right? Like yep. Twitter can screw up your psyche for the day before you've even had your morning constitutional, and it's a choice, and and you get to choose that 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 state of consciousness. I really like the way you practice gratitude, just in the like one second or one minute in the morning, and say it. I mean, there's a lot of people that journal and that's how I was introduced to it to like have a gratitude journal. I'm like, I don't, this does not work for me. I can't, I'm not a journaler. Like it doesn't, I'm not, I'm trying to force something and I'm like, this is just not for me. So I started to verbalize it as well and it became really cool and it's evolved too. So my boyfriend and I, we do this really, we do it at at night actually. And we do, we share one win we share, and this is kind of a biohack or a hack from Ben Greenfield. I, he had a guest on, I don't remember his name, but they went through this massive checklist. We shortened it down to what works for us. And it was, um, one win, uh, what could we have done better? What are we grateful for? And then we've just recently added one in, which is what do we, what's one thing we appreciate? Now, appreciation is very similar to gratitude, but it does hold a, a different vibration. So it, it, it's been quite cool. I like it a lot. That, that's, I mean, just think about what you're doing there, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're connecting with your partner. You are being intentional about and, and introspective about your day. Mm-hmm. You, those, those little things, those little cute daily things are so good for your soul. They're yeah. so good for your brain. They're so good for your relationship. Yeah. And we don't get taught this stuff, right? We don't, we don't no. learn these techniques in home ec in high, in, in high school. We don't, we're not, we're not taught this really by any sort of leaders, but like, this is the realm of, of coaching and performance. You know, this is, this is the realm that, that you and I play in is what are some techniques that you can do that can actually improve your life, right? And, and I love that. I love doing that in the evening time. I think I remember that, that episode. It was like one of his friends, I think. Yeah. That, one of his friends. Yeah. His good friends. Yeah. 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 They were yeah, like drinking yeah. smoothies like a month and ago or so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. I'm glad that you apply that. That's killer. 
So, okay. You did mention that we have a choice. Now, I want to ask you like a semi-controversial question because I was watching a video somewhere or maybe it was in a podcast of yours. I don't really know. Uh, But you were talking about um, choosing... Where did I put this question? Here we go. Um, Yeah, you you, you were speaking about how we show up in this world and how we choose our reactions and our responses. And you said something that triggered me so hard and I wanted to ask you to comment on this. You said, quote unquote, suffering is optional. And I really wanted to, I really wanted uh, some context behind that because it, it triggered me mainly because I really believe that suffering is a part of healing and it's a part of letting go in many ways. And when someone you love dies or when there's any grieving and you're suffering for any reason, like you can't just snap out of that. You can't just say, like, if you lost your whole family right now and you were suffering so hard, you can't just change that. It's part of the process to healing. So I don't know if if I missed the context behind that, but can you speak to it? Yeah, suffering is natural. Right. Suffering is totally natural. And, and, and I am not trying to spiritual bypass anybody by saying suffering is optional. Okay. That, that's not my intention. Uh, and for those of you that don't know what spiritual bypassing is, it's like basically, you know, um, not recognizing true human emotions, not recognizing darkness and shadow and grief and despair and mourning mm-hmm. and just saying, Oh, it'll be okay. Tomorrow's a new day. We'll just, we'll just, you know, it's okay. It's all good. It's all good. It's all like that. Yes. Not saying because I think that that's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> I yes. think that that's super unhealthy to do. Yes. Um, the way that I think about that is, Yes. Given your example, right? If if you lost every single member of your family in in a tragic accident, you are going to suffer. You're going to suffer loss and grief and mourning and um, loneliness. You could stay in that state of consciousness your whole the whole rest of your life. Yes. You could move out to a to a log cabin at the edge of a cliff and survive on rutabagas and water and that is you for the rest of forevermore right that is the, mm-hmm. that is the rest of your incarnation and that would be your choice that that would be that would be your choice to do all right i understand what you're saying where you're going with it gotcha so it's inevitable however the state in which we evolve out or into it deeper is a choice is that Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. We, we, suffering is, is a natural part of, of our human existence. And it also is up to us to decide how long we want to stay there. So if, if, if you want to stay there for an afternoon or you want to stay there for five minutes or you want to stay there for, um, the rest of your life, that really is your choice. And, and, and I believe that the universe operates on love and free will mm-hmm. and when it comes to suffering uh, um, pain is ine- pain is inevitable suffering is optional which means there are people that we have never met that have experienced incalculable unfathomable atrocities in their life yeah you know um, we're talking about people who have uh, you know who are refugees or who have you know been at the um, um, at the at the 
receiving end of, of, of great abuse and yeah. despair. And, mm-hmm. and I, that will, that will, that will always happen. There will, there will always be people that experience just gnarly stuff. And also some folks who received or were experienced this darkness, this pain in their life, they have gone on to do amazing things. They have gone on to write books and um, be public speakers and be an inspiration to generations of people. You know, Nelson Mandela, um, Martin Luther King Jr. You know, these these sorts of figures that that have that have endured pain and suffering and, and transcended that and turned it and alchemized it into something that was useful and inspiring. And there are ways to do that, and and it and, and it is a there are techniques in which you can manage your emotions without without relegating them or, or, or judging them, like honoring the fact that man, I I feel sad. I do. It's just where I'm at. And also, if you don't want to be in that state anymore, there are techniques, and I have a bunch of them that yeah. you can actually use to transcend that and move through that emotion in a way so that you can begin to choose the trajectory of your consciousness i want you to share some but i also want to just make this point that like i i it really that resonates with me because i i don't believe that everyone's supposed to be happy all the time and that happiness is the goal it's for me it's it's very much being in alignment with myself and being balanced and that is the finding balance, whatever that looks like, some days are going to be a two out of 10. But if that's the best I got for the day, great. Some days are going to be yeah. a nine out of 10 and a 10 out of 10. And you know what? Those dates are great too. But I, through those, I experience a lot of emotion and I, I find it interesting when that the society just immediately labels you as being a bad person if you are angry about something or if you're upset or jealous or have envy like that makes you a bad person why is having emotion now a moral issue Mm, i could not agree with you more and i have two thoughts on that i I think that i think it's even harder for women Uh, i know it's harder for women to be able to feel openly uh emotive you know to Mm -hmm. be sad or to be angry immediately after an expression of a of a non-ideal or culturally okay emotion Im- immediately it's uh, you're objectified and, and marginalized and absolutely and, and I, and I, I I know this to be true yeah um, I think also um, the generation coming up behind us I don't know if they are Z's or tech or screens or whatever <laughs> the millennials uh, I think that it's shifting. <laughs> Yeah, I do. You know, happen to know what the generation is that's like right underneath. What what year are you? When were you born? I I'm 83, so okay. I'm, I'm I'm like Gen. I'm like the oldest Gen X. I'm actually no. You're a millennial. I am 81, and I am the first year of millennial. Got it. Okay, so yeah. we Okay, so we're millennials. So then after us, after us, it's like there's like Gen Z. Yeah, I think it's Gen Z because Gen X is before us. Yeah, 1980. So then Gen Z, I, I think that that there is a greater acceptance of wider arrays of emotional experience and expression of those emotions. Certainly, mm-hmm. there is a greater acceptance of, you know, gender fluidity and um, like just being whoever the hell you want to be is, mm-hmm. is more okay now than it was for you and I and certainly way more okay than it oh, was yeah. for our parents. Oh, yeah. Like so the I, baby I, boomers had it so hard, like... Oh man. <laughs> yeah. It's it, so I think it's I think it's shifting. 
uh, and I think that it's becoming more and more okay to to express yourself and to be to be emotive and honor the the emotional states that you're in. I, so I do think it's I do think it's shifting. I, honestly, I think that there's a chance that it might actually swing too far in in, in that direction, and people spending you know, too much time worrying about what people on Instagram think about their photo that they just took. Yeah, sure. And there's a lot of narcissism. Yeah. I've been fascinated by narcissism recently and there's, there's a lot of narcissism, uh-huh. uh, on social media. And, and so this like, well, how do people think about me? How do people think about me? How, how am I, how am I, how am I doing? How am I not doing? So I think there's a, there, there's potentially be a lot of stress around that, but yeah, I, I think that we are op- as a, as a hu- as humanity we are opening. We are going through this transformational process where we get to choose who we want to be uh, collectively and individually. And it's it's a road, it's a bumpy road right now, but but we I, I do believe that, that given the right tools we can actually choose the emotional states that we want to be in. Okay, so let's just create sort of an avatar here. I am a thirty to 45 year old woman. I am stressed out of my mind. I have two kids. I'm homeschooling them and I feel stuck. I feel stuck. I feel unappreciated. I feel fat and I have low self-esteem. I look at myself and I think, what the fuck? (laughs) What are, what's something I can do right now to help maybe kick me out of that or, or change? Like what's my okay moment? Ah, yeah. Good, good. Uh, You have to get out of the house. You have to go. (laughs) You have to get out. Okay. Do whatever you have to do. Whoever is in your network, whoever is close to you, husband, partner, parents, neighbors, you have to have time to yourself. Mm-hmm. It is critical. Oh, that's so good. You, you you really cannot you cannot balance your hormones. You cannot recover. You cannot actually think or even oftentimes take a shit without being bothered. Yeah. You have to do what you have to do to to get some distance because that's where your head can clear. So first and foremost, make some time for yourself because you're worth (laughs) easy, Sean, easy. Uh, You can't pour from an empty cup. If you can't, you can't be there for your family. You can't be there for yourself if you are totally drained and you have zero energy and no tolerance and you're under, you know, you're tired and tired and cranky and pale. And, um, so number one, find some time to yourself. If that's not feasible, start a meditation practice and yeah. tell everybody in the house, don't bug me. Yeah. Don't bug mom for the next 30 minutes. I'm going to close the door. I'm going to lock the door. You guys need to be quiet and out of here. And what that does is it signals to your children and signals to your family that, that you actually are caring for yourself, which yes. shows them that that's important to have time to yourself. Um, go for a walk. I mean, it's such a, it's so obvious, but, but you have to, you have to be able to move your body. And, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, what we're, I'm thinking about my wife, I'm thinking about my family and she went for a walk with a friend. Uh, we moved and we're in this rural area now and she connected with a friend that she's like, man, I think I found, I think I found a friend. Like I found a new friend. Mm-hmm. So she went for, she's been going for walks like once a week with this new friend. And when she comes back, she's like, 
she's got new ideas. She's got, she feels like she can, she's connected with someone that kind of knows what she's going through. She's moved her body. So mm-hmm. she feels like in her body embodied glutes are going to be sore tomorrow. Cause we were walking <laughs> up this hill, like feeling, feeling back in her body and, and she's happier and she's, she's more, more balanced. And she hates it when I talk about her on <laughs> podcast uh but that's this kind of what she signed up for so um so that's what i would do also optimize for sleep if you're if you've been redlining for a decade and you've and your sleep is trash you're you're doing massive damage and there's lots of recent books about about the 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 importance of sleep but you really do have to protect your sleep you really do have to like wear blue blocking glasses at nighttime or mm-hmm. turn off all the lights and and and, um, and light some candles, and like lower the light inside your house and optimize for sleep. Because if you're not getting recover restorative REM sleep, phase two, phase three sleep at night, you're you're going to continue to redline. And then the other thing is stop eating sugar. Ooh. Stop eating sugar. I I, I work with um, I have two I have two female clients right now, and they're high powered sort of exec types, and I, I suggested to both of them that they stop eating sugar and flour for a week. Just like, just stop, just see what it's like. No yeah. sugar, no flour for a week. I mean, you can have some fruit, but don't, don't go crazy with it. But like, no, no flour, no sugar. They fucking hated me for four days. Yeah. And my accountability is really high touch. So it's like, I'm texting with them and they're like, this is stupid. I'm angry. Yeah. I'm cranky. All I want to do is eat sugar. I'm like, just stick with it. And then for both of them, by day four, they had better sleep. That night of sleep was the best night of sleep that they've had in like years. They they woke up in the morning. They felt less inflamed. Their skin looked better. They had a morning constitutional that was a, a winner. Yeah. They had a better attitude throughout the day. Like the, the, this is kind of biohacking. I mean – that those those two things, sugar and flour, will radically change your life if you cut those things out. I mean, have birthday cake at a birthday party. You know, like eat eat eat, eat some candy at Halloween. Like, do what you got to do. But like, especially five days a week, just cut it out, and your body will recover. So hopefully that's hopefully that's at least a couple of usable things for for this avatar gal. I really um I'm really interested in the stop sugar thing because that's a um that is you're not talking about cutting carbohydrate. You're just talking about cutting sugar. Is that, am I wrong or right there? Well, I think sugar is more damaging than like a yam or sweet potato for sure. So like bread is, you should cut bread too, or at least limit bread, Mm -hmm. but sugar for sure. Cutting sugar and hidden and everything, you know, it's called high fructose corn syrup or it's called, you know, it it becomes, there's a thousand different ways um, that, that sugar shows up and even like fake sugar aspartame yeah. that's in diet Coke, it acts the same way as sugar. So even though you're not actually consuming sugar, it's yeah. activating those same neural pathways that, you know, keep fat on your body. But if you just did, yeah, if you did no sugar and just stuck to like natural glucose, that's like from, from like berries and apples and fruits and stuff like that, it, you, you, you would feel, you would feel tighter. You would feel more rested. You will feel happier after day three, because it's a pain in the ass to kick it, but yep. yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a game changer. 
I'm de- I I don't have sugar myself. Do I go through phases where where I eat it? Yes. Am I I but I told you I'm trying to break three of the free of this diet culture beliefs that sugar is bad and that carbs are bad and really shaming me for the things that I eat and creating that that restriction binge uh, cycle that I have gone through for years and years and years where I am really good. I'm good for months at a time and then I binge and I you know, shove potato chips in my mouth in the closet by myself or like buy a giant bag of nibs and eat it in the car before I get home and anyone sees me. Like those are real habits that have happened to me. And I just want to share a personal story because the sugar thing, I do believe in many ways that sugar affects me very negatively overall. And I have talked about this in podcasts. I have done massive experiments where I didn't eat any of it for like over a year However, what I've found is because I do enjoy, you know, treats and sweets, I kind of, diet culture uh, sort of gave me the impression that I'm an all or nothing person. That's how I categorized and identified myself as a dieter. I'm all or nothing. So it had to be all or it had to be nothing. And now since I've been breaking free of the labels and the food shaming and the, and the restriction, I found that my blood, like, cause I was also pre-diabetic. I was uh, 85 pounds overweight. Like we're, we're talking, there's been a big transformation there. And uh, wow. I, I actually now find that it's instead of no sugar for me, it's a balanced blood sugar keeps me, yes. it's like a balance of blood sugar. So my eating habits were so erratic and I would, I would, you know, having sugar every now and then is no big deal. And it's really not. But when you like, for me, I, my sleep was completely affected. I wake up in the night, like every time I would drink alcohol, like a lot of alcohol and, or eat sugar in the day or have a big sugar day. I would literally wake up at one between one and 2 AM and stay awake for like two hours. Like every time it's so annoying. And then now that I'm more balanced, I, I don't. <laughs> I sleep like a log. Like we've been sleeping like nine hours since COVID. Like we are sleep whores. <laughs> it's nice. like crazy. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, that, that's a really keen point. That is a very keen point. And I'm not saying all or nothing. Yeah. Um, uh, I, you know, within the within the, the guise of the question about the avatar is like, yeah. fuck, I don't know what to do. Yes. Yes. Try yes. That, you know. Yes. Just kick, kick it for a week and see how your body responds. Chances are you're going to feel really good, but I, I'm with you. It's not a, it's not an all or nothing. It's not a, it's not a long, like I'm never eating sugar again because then there's all the stress and baggage around it. A friend of mine says uh, a happy piece of cake is better than a sad salad. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> like, is so good. I love that. Yeah. I mean, like what is our stress connection with the food that we're putting in our body? Like, oh, it's like crying, eating these piles of arugula. Like, <laughs> oh, God. like that's not... That, your body's your body's not going to respond well to that. But you're right. I did I did an episode with Dr. Casey Means, from a co-founder of this company called Levels Health, and she is phenomenal. They've made this continuous glucose monitor that uh, usually was was only reserved for diabetics. Yeah. And they have this startup that is just like exploding right now, where you can get a a, 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 a transdermal. Um, continuous glucose monitor that you just like tap into your skin and it's and it's just a little teeny tiny filament that goes under the skin and then you 
connected to an app and you keep track of the food that you're that you're eating and it watches it, it shows you your glucose levels okay so you can actually say like okay well carrots aren't that bad for me or like i had this yeah. cookie and my blood sugar shot up but then i went for a 10 minute walk and it came right back down right and you can actually track what sugar is doing for you what foods are good for you at what times of the day like i love red wine and at night I was really nervous about what that was doing to my blood sugar and what it was doing to my sleep and I was tracking it and so what I would do is I would I would test like okay I, I only drink this is snobby as fuck and I, this is what it is I only drink organic red wine it's actually cheap it's like yeah. nine bucks ten bucks a bottle yeah because it's for the the sulfites or whatever or yes. whatever I, yes. I totally I'm with you I'm with you or everyone, every wine drinker listening to this right now, uh-huh. go to whatever health food store that's near you and stock up on $11 <laughs> bottles of organic red wine. <laughs> you will wake up clearer head, yeah. clear skin. The, the sugars and the sulfites that are added to traditional wine, um, that it screwed my insides up. It just, uh, I, my body hated it. Yep, um, same. So I would have a glass of red wine. And then I would just sit and watch TV and kind of watch my blood sugar. And then I'd have a glass of red wine. And then I'd do some like, you know, body weight squats in place for like five minutes, not a long time. And then I'd wash my blood sugar or yeah. have a graph glass of red wine and go out and sit in the infrared sauna that I have in my garage yeah. and sweat and then see what that, see what happened. And so just knowing what, how your body responds and, and, and being attuned to it is, is, is a smart idea. So like the glucose, the blood glucose thing, having that metabolic flexibility is, it sounds complex, but, but it's, it's really the key. So I'm really glad you said that. Cool. I love that. So good. And I, that I'm fascinated by that little, little gadget because I mean, it's really interesting though. Uh, when I, when I speak to people, when I speak to clients, when I work with people, I don't know about you, but like one of the, the, the thing that fascinates, fascinates me the most is the lack of awareness of lack of, excuse me, the lack of connection that what you eat, how what you eat affects your body. I mean, even my boyfriend, I'm like, he's like, I can eat a Big Mac meal and be totally fine. And I'm like, huh. So you don't just want to take a nap and feel like shit. And then he's like, oh yeah, maybe I do. And then, and then <laughs> like, you have to like kind of give them ideas of what it might feel like to, you know, eat not like fake food. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. or have heavy meal like I am all about having a big bowl of pasta I totally am but like I also have to pay attention to what I'm going to be doing after that because I know I'm going to get tired I know that I'm going to feel heavier and maybe lack the motivation to be creative or go for my run or whatever yeah. it's it's that's just for me yeah. and I know everyone's different so yeah just being being open to to experiment and track a little bit you don't have to count calories you don't have to measure stuff on a scale you don't have to count the lima beans before dinner (laughs) or to make sure you're getting your macros i've never been into that but just like being honest with yourself about well how do i feel right now do i feel tired or sluggish do when i walk downstairs am i more shaky than i normally am (laughs) like that's a sign do my pants fit okay today or do they feel tight you know using those sorts of barometers for the different foods that you're eating uh, is, is that, that, I mean, that's, that's biohacking. It's understanding what's going on inside of your body, what, what, what works for you and what doesn't. All right. So the last thing I want to touch on before we sign off, I know this is kind of going long. We're almost at an hour already. Time flies. Um, 
if we if we go back to our avatar here and speak to that person who's you know busy stressed at the end and uh because you do a lot of breath work you breathe and you have that do you do somatic work like do you do body stuff as well I, I do, I, I'm not a practitioner. I've okay. done a fair amount of, yeah, somatic breathing and um, holotropic breath work. I've done that in Wim Hof. I've done it in the past, but I'm not yeah. like an expert in it. Because one of the, one of the, the, I don't know, roadblocks that I have heard and seen and experienced myself, this was a big one for me, why I resisted meditation for so long was that I was afraid to be alone. I was afraid to be alone with my thoughts. I was afraid to go deeper and maybe it was because I was afraid to find out who I really was. Um, I don't know the exact answer to that. Uh, but one of the things that really helped me to break free from that was connect was that mind body connection. So sometimes when pe- people resist meditation, for example, or clearing their mind or whatever, they need more of a body uh, focus, something to, to get into their bodies right now. So Talk to me about how the breath has been so helpful or is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. There are, there are so many different, um, there's so many different ways that you can approach this. The way that I think about breath work is, is in a couple of different ways. So number one, shut your damn mouth. <laughs> um, literally shut your dirty mouth and breathe, <laughs> and breathe through your nose. It will change everything. It will it will improve your vagus nerve. Mm. Uh, vagal tone is this is this idea that there is a nerve system in our body that really kind of regulates everything. Mm-hmm. And when you breathe through your mouth, uh, you're 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 not getting enough breath. the The normal cadence of breath throughout the day should be five seconds in and five seconds out with your mouth closed through the nose. So that's like the standard. So that should be all of us doing that all the time. So if you're listening to this right now. Shush, shush your mouth, shut your mouth, shut your mouth, <laughs> breathe through your nose and do five seconds in and five seconds out. And then you'll begin to get an idea of just how slow that is. Yeah. So that's as a starting point. It is a game changer. And if you can run with your mouth closed, if you can clean or, or, or work or whatever, doing some different things around the house, keep your mouth cl- closed. If you want to take it to the next level, find some packing tape and do packing tape over your nose. Really? You literally tape your mouth closed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you want to take this full sand, you can do it at night. You can actually tape your mouth shut and um, force yourself to breathe through your nose. I would work up to that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do is I use those nose strips at night mm-hmm. um, just to like encourage nasal breathing. So number one, keeping your mouth shut, keeping a five seconds in, five seconds out sort of rhythm is step one. Step two, if you need like an in the moment, I'm about to freak out and I just need some breath technique that will help me just get through the next, you know, one minute, there are a couple of really great breaths. One of them is called a box breath, which is four seconds in, four seconds hold, four seconds out, four seconds hold. Yes. And you can practice that after this is over. You can actually do that right now if you want, but it's uh, through the nose and it's nice and nice and slow. Uh, four seconds it you can understand how it makes a box yes the other one is is from andrew dr andrew Weil, which is a four seven eight breath um so that is 
a four second inhale through the nose, a seven second hold at the top of that breath, and then an eight second exhale with pursed lips. So it's like you're blowing it out intentionally all the way out from the top to the bottom of your lungs. And you'll do four of those. That four, seven, eight breath improves vagal tone and you will find that that if you do that three, four in a row, you're immediately going to be chilled out. Like it works really cool. Um, you should only you should like limit that to be doing that only a couple of times a day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll spare the explanation, but basically just do that in the morning and do that in the night. That will help you stay relaxed. And then there are you know there are other breathing techniques. If you're going to do like a full breath session really deep breath in and a really deep breath out a really deep breath in a really deep breath out that you will you can you can reach really cool states of consciousness mm-hmm. you know sort of altered states of consciousness through the breath alone you know sitting with your back up straight and your chin up high um through the nose if you can but you know opening up in your mouth uh, is, is fine too but just like really um um diaphragmatic breathing, breathing into the Mm -hmm. bottom of your belly and chilled out. You're doing good things for your lymphatic system. Um, You're, you're strengthening your immune system. You're actually becoming more centered. So those, I guess there's four breaths there, um, including the mouth taping, uh, breathing through the nose uh, idea that you can, um, you can do. And, uh, they all work. So you just yeah. got to kind of experiment with them. Amazing. So good. I like the, out the note. You can do it out the nose, everyone. So if you have a stuffy nose, it's okay. <laughs> if you're sick, or you, yeah, there's yeah, no excuse. Okay. <laughs> um, it's totally okay. Well, thank you so much. We're going to wrap it up here. I mean, I could chat with you for like, let's make the next episode five hours long. <laughs> I have so many more questions, <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom. And, um, that was awesome. Uh, it's, uh, it's such a pleasure, you know, being, having the opportunity to connect with other podcasters mm-hmm. and having sorts of these sorts of conversations, hopefully the, 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 the information that I conveyed and shared, um, everybody, uh, gets a lot out of and just tinker around, like know that you are in control of, of you and, and just experiment. I love that. All right. Have the best day. Thanks. You too. Okay. That's all for me today. I want to thank my guest, Sean McCormick for coming on the show to share all of his performance wisdom and really get us thinking outside of the box. All of the links to connect to Sean are in the show notes below. If you haven't done so yet, please head over to Apple Podcasts or Google Play and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Follow the show on Spotify and share on your social media. Thank you all so much for listening. Have the best day, everyone. Until next time.